0: On today's podcast, we have Erin Donahue-Tice. She is an abstract artist located in Austin, Texas. Join me now as we talk with Erin. Hey, gorgeous. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. Oh, my goodness. Are you ready to share your story with us this morning? Yes, absolutely. Can you take me through your journey? Absolutely. So I began... um, let
1: me, let me take a step back and start at the beginning. So I went to college at the University of Kentucky and that was about three hours away from home. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. And when I got to Kentucky, I knew right away that I wanted to major in public, public relations. I, um, kind of stumbled on that major I I knew I wanted to be in the communications school and started to learn more about PR and how I could kind of be a middle person between clients and the media and I thought that sounded super cool and so I actually majored in PR graduated with a degree in PR and then went right to work in PR so I actually was one of those people that like went to school learned, like studied something specific and actually did that right out of college. And I moved to Chicago and I started working in an ad agency where I was doing in-house PR for the agency itself. And it was an amazing career. I started to kind of move up the ranks and eventually five years in, moved to New York city for a bigger job opportunity. And my best friend and I were just ready for a step up. We loved Chicago, but we were like, let's go to the big town. Let's, let's go to New York. And, um, we were both around 25, 26 at the time. And so then I spent the next five years continuing to build my career in PR and was just kind of living the career girl life, like traveling all over the country, working with these amazing clients in New York city, um, you know, going to my nine to five job, even though it wasn't nine to five, I worked much later than that um, in my 20s and early 30s. And then eventually, when I was about 31, I married my now husband, Bill, and his job took us to Austin, Texas, where I had never been in my life. And it was a huge um, kind of culture shock for me to move from New York City to Austin. But it was an adventure and was excited to be kind of having a fresh start, trying something new and luckily my company in New York allowed me to work remotely. I was one of the like early adopters back in 2014 that could work remotely and pretty soon we had we started having children and we had our first son William in 2015. I continued working in PR. Then we had our second son George in 2017 and I decided it was too much. I had two kids under two and I needed to take a step back from this really busy career that was still taking me on airplanes all over the country and on conference calls all day and night. And it was just too much for me to do that kind of a job and be a mom. And I wanted to be an engaged mom. So I took a step back and about eight months in realized that, hmm, I think that there's some postpartum depression stuff going on here. I am not feeling like myself. I can't figure out who I am anymore. Um, I was this high powered career girl. Now I'm this mom to two little kids. I've never really, you know, I didn't grow up like babysitting or being around a lot of little kids kids. And it was just like total shock to me to have to be at home all day with these two crazy crying toddlers. And it was wonderful and filled me up in so many ways. But just being real, it was a very stressful time. And my husband was also traveling for work. So I was alone a lot with them. And I did have some babysitters that helped me and some support like that. But I didn't have my parents around and had left this great job. And it was just really stressful. So I decided I needed to do something for myself. And around the same time, I was looking to decorate my house with art And I couldn't really find the kind of art that spoke to me in the local Austin market. I was looking for brightly colored abstract art because I was really into that at the time. And so I just decided, well, you know what? I'm going to try to make it myself. And so I went to my local art store and I spoke to the people there. I picked their brains on what types of materials to buy, what kind of canvases to buy. And I set up shop in my little guest house behind our house. And when my babies would sleep, when they were napping or down for the night, I would sneak out and just paint. And just to back up, I was never a painter growing up. I never did this really until about four and a half, five years ago. Um, I was a creative child in person. I, I used to make jewelry and I loved beads and I loved doing crafts, but I never painted. So this was totally new for me, but I just got lost in it and I started using it as therapy and it was slowly like bringing me back again to this version of myself that I missed just having something that lit me on fire and made me feel good about myself and soon enough maybe six months in some girlfriends were over at my house for a play date and they saw my work and they were like wow Aaron. When have you been doing this? Like you've been you've been painting without telling anybody? Like are you going to sell? Are you going to sell these paintings? What's what are you doing? You should build a website. And I said, "No, I think it's just a hobby. It's making me really happy, but you know, I don't have time to like do all that. I still have two little kids." But their words kind of got into my psyche and I decided that I would give it a go. So, I taught myself how to build a website and I launched an Instagram page. And I just said, you know what, what do I have to lose? I hired a photographer to shoot the work that I did have built up. And looking back, the work was not good at the time. It was okay, but um, it's come a long way in the last four or five years. But it was exciting to have this thing to be talking about and doing again and to be building a business. And so I launched all these things in September 2018. And about a week later, I sold my first painting off somebody finding me on Instagram and I could not believe it, but it was so encouraging. And then maybe a few weeks after that, I had been working with like a local interior design store here on some wallpaper. And I happened to be in the store talking to the owner one day about the wallpaper that they were going to install in our house. And I had three pieces, three art pieces in my trunk. And I kind of had thrown them in there knowing I was going to this, this interior design store where they also sold art. And so something in me gave me the confidence to tell her at the end of our meeting, Hey, I'm a new artist. I have a few pieces in my trunk. I, I know you sell art here. How do you select your artists? Is there anything I can do? You know, would you want to set up an appointment to see my work? And she said, well, you have it in your trunk, bring it in right now. And so I said, Oh, okay. And I brought the three pieces and she said, I want all of them. I and love I said, it. Said, "Well, let's just start with one and see how that goes." And so she took the one piece, and it sold within a month. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I think I'm onto something." And from there, it's just grown. And it's um, for a while there, I was still. I kind of went back to PR and did a little consulting on the side. Um, but now I'm at the point where art is my full-time focus. Um, and it's grown into this whole career I never knew existed. And it not only still brings me joy and is therapy to me, it's
0: become a true um, career for me. I I truly enjoy and love your abstract art. Thank you. It was probably a pivotal point in my brain for falling in love with Art, And let me, let me explain it for a minute. So in my mind, growing up, I had very limited, uh, I guess, access to what I thought real art was, mm-hmm. you know, up with the PBS and you see Bob Ross painting yes, you know, a scene, Same. right? And so I held myself back for so long thinking, well, I don't know how to draw. I don't know how to paint. And I'm, I think anybody that creates art, I'm in awe of and I'm sure you know that because you know I love artists. And mm-hmm. so but I really truly am just so fascinated. How do they create this out of nothing? And I yeah. thought in order to be an artist, you had to be like Thomas Kincaid or Bob Ross. It had right. to be very technical and precise. Right. I didn't understand, you know, the abstract and the Picasso. It looked seamless and easy to me. Oh, I could do that. And when I saw your work, it was the first like I realized at that moment wow there's something more to it than just throwing it on the canvas and I'll explain how I know that because (laughs) I decided to try it I thought okay instead of putting food in my mouth I'll put a paintbrush in my hand and so I tried it and I bought all the materials Mm -hmm. I did all the things and it just it it's not it did not turn out like yours (laughs) at all and I just kept thinking I know there's more to this but that gave me a whole new respect for the art trying it right you know because you look at it and you think oh they just threw it on there no you did not throw it on there there are layers and techniques and precision with your hand and what instruments you do and when you do it how you let it dry and the mediums you use and the techniques so it's so technical but you don't realize it because it's so fluid yes and the colors okay I'm a color consultant I thought I knew paint colors and that I could throw it on a canvas and I know what I like but what I like and what I threw on the canvas was two totally different things I was working with super bright colors and I like super muted ones but I didn't know how to get from point a to point Z. So I've had this canvas upstairs and I'll take a picture of it and text it to <laughs> you. I don't want to embarrass myself, but I think I just need more layers on it. Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, I know exactly what you mean because a lot of my early paintings that I look at were not very layered. And I say I've come a long way because they were fine and people were buying them. And it's but still I, art. It's just it's still art. But I developing think developing like your craft. Exactly. Perfecting my technique and like For me, it was just to keep going. It wasn't to stop. It was to literally just keep layering. And now my pieces have 10 to 20 or sometimes more layers on them. And the ones that actually I think look the best are the ones that I end up scratching and covering up because I've stared at it for too long and I don't like it anymore. And so then i see over it. And actually that turns out to be even better because there's the stories peeking out behind it of the old painting. And so the layering is really key. In, in my
0: I, mind. No, it is. But I didn't I didn't know that until I fell in love with your colors. So what attracted me first was your colors and your movement. Mm-hmm. And then having this fondness and love for art that I didn't know that I had. Then trying it, realizing, okay, I don't have the same passion that Aaron has. I have a <laughs> passion for artists, yeah. not for me being an painter does that but it's sense?
1: so yes but it's so cool that you tried it and I feel like you know I started doing it just for fun and for therapy not to sell it so you know you can do something not with the goal of like hanging it in your house or selling it but just because it gives you a, a release so whatever that is I just feel like using your hands using your creative mind of whether it's painting or making jewelry or doing pottery or whatever it is it's such a an amazing way to kind of check out and like, just reset yourself. Um, So that's, that's really why I love it. And I feel like even if you don't feel like your pieces are the caliber, you'd want them to
0: be like, just keep going. You never know. You never know. You know, it's fun. Don't you think if anybody can take away anything from this episode, the PSA is do something for yourself that brings joy, that makes you happy, that can bring peace. And it might be something you've never even thought to try.
1: Absolutely. Like, I, I honestly pinch myself that I am even doing this for a living. When I first started out and people would ask me at a cocktail party, like, what do you do? I was embarrassed to say I'm an artist because I didn't feel legitimate but you know what? That's what I am now. And who knew? I didn't know five years ago that this would be in store for me. I did it because as you said, like I wanted something for myself again and it led me to a whole new career and it doesn't have to lead everyone to a whole new career. But I do think when you're in a rut or you're feeling down or you're feeling like anxious, finding something creative that's just for you is
0: really incredible. What, what that can lead to. What does your little boys think? Cause you have three boys under the age of 4, right? Um I have a 7-year-old boy, oh, of you're five... seven. Oh, they oh, sorry, they've grown up. <laughs> yes. So my
1: oldest is 7 and then I have a 5-year-old and a 1-year-old, so three boys. Um but the 5 and 7-year-old have watched me paint, you know, since they were very little and because I've always had a home studio it's wonderful that they can come out and paint with me sometimes. Sometimes I you know, really need to be alone and it's distracting to have them out there. But every now and then on a weekend when they're around and we've got nothing else going on, I'll invite one or both of them out, give them a little canvas and we'll paint together. And then inevitably they're covered in paint and it's a whole process to get it off of them. But I like being able to share that with them and and explain to them that mommy does this for fun, but mommy does this to make money too. This helps feed your feed our family. Like by, you know, this these paintings I actually sell and people pay me for them.
0: And I think that resonates with them. So it's been pretty cool. Hey, you mentioned that you lived in New York and what a cultural shock it was to go to Texas. Were you pleasantly surprised or were you kind of put off by how friendly and loving we all are?
1: <laughs> like what <laughs> um, the hell? I was so surprised in a great way. I actually, when we first came down to look for houses, I was blown away by some of the amazing, old, historic, beautiful neighborhoods in Austin. I kind of just assumed everything in Texas is new and big. And there's actually a lot of history here. And our we've lived in two houses now in the, the eight years we've lived here. And they've both been historic houses. And um So not only was I surprised by kind of the architecture and some of the quaint neighborhoods in Austin, but, um, you know, I going to school in the South in Kentucky, I was, I had been around kind of that Southern culture of people just being so friendly and nice. And I feel like it's very similar in Texas where everybody is very outgoing, very friendly. We've in Austin, people have been so inclusive of inviting us in their circles and their communities. And, um, the first year was really hard when we lived here because we lived in an apartment downtown Austin and I didn't know anyone and I got pregnant really fast after we moved here. So I was just like working remotely for my company, New York, basically sitting in an apartment by myself, pregnant and didn't know anyone. So that was a tough year. But once we had kids, moved into a neighborhood, started putting ourselves out there more and meeting people, it really turned a corner for us. And Now my husband would like drag me out of here kicking and screaming. I never want to leave. I want to raise our kids here. I want them to be lifelong Texans. And I just have really
0: enjoyed living here. Your home is beautiful. Thank you. So I noticed that you take pictures or you have pictures taken of your artwork and you're in them. What gave you the courage to put your face with your art? Sure.
1: Um, Well you know, I did a photo shoot when I first launched because I was like, I'm going to launch on Instagram and I need a website. I'm going to need some content. So I did mostly pictures of my art, but then I did a few with me. And I started noticing when I would post that the ones that always did the best on Instagram were the ones with me in them. And I think that was because people, when they're looking to buy art, really want to know the artist behind the art. Like, it's one thing to look at a beautiful piece and connect to the piece. But then when you see the artist and you hear his or her her story and you see them visually, it just gives you more of a buy-in to, like, what you're investing in. Since my art is quite an investment, you know, I think people enjoy kind of knowing who's painting it. And so I think around 2020 was when I started really investing in photography. We moved into this new house and I felt like, you know, I want to show more than just my art. I want to show how I love to entertain and set tablescapes. And I love interior design. And, you know, it was during COVID when I couldn't really go out and do photo shoots anywhere else. So I just, I would bring a photographer here. We would like, she would mask up and we, it's like the beginning of the pandemic. And I would just do photo shoots from my house. And then over time, it kind of became part of my brand where people recognized our patterned floor or our blue sofa with the art over it. and it just kind of became part of my overall brand and so now I pretty much only do photo shoots here because um it's easier number one I don't have to lug my paintings anywhere else and number two you know again just showing people little slices of me my life sometimes I have my kids in the photos my dog and just kind of letting people into
0: more about me
1: in association with the art
0: what kind of medium do you Love working with and what medium have you not tried that you're looking to try?
1: I mostly paint with acrylic um, paint. I did take an art class a few years ago for about eight weeks and I learned to paint with oils, but it wasn't my favorite thing because they take a long time to dry and I work really quickly. So acrylics dry very quickly where I can pop out to my studio, paint for an hour, let it dry for an hour come back inside and do something then pop back out so it's like very in and out in and out all day long so I love painting with acrylics I've experimented with a lot of mixed mediums that I layer on um, oil pastels which are kind of like sticks charcoal just like straight up charcoal pencils that I layer on Um, I love putting like 3d elements on some of my pieces paper foam things like that um something that i haven't worked with i'm trying to think i mean i really haven't done any of my own paintings that i've sold with oil so maybe one day although i just think that requires so much patience and maybe yeah, more formal training that.
0: yeah you don't have patience right now you've got no, a busy life i you do know. but what about um watercolor
1: i have done some watercolor um and i like it I did some early works on paper using watercolors but I feel like I have less control over watercolors with acrylics. It's just thicker. It's like easier to layer. I love the layering effect. So but I kind of really love working with acrylics and there is a another material that I work with called gouache which is kind of a hybrid between an acrylic paint and a watercolor so you can thin it down a little bit and I do like that material as well.
0: This, this is a silly question. and I'm sure you're going to say no, but do you have a painting that you just favor? I won't say favorite. Yeah. That you just favor or that you lean towards or that you sold and you're like, Oh crap. I really wish I would have kept <laughs> on to that. Yeah. Is there anything that you wit that. It's that you
1: funny. Liked? There are some that I'm like, Oh, that's a really good one. And then it sells. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Um, there's one from my early days that still really resonates with me because I've never ever created one like it again. And I don't know how I created it, but it was called cherry bomb and it was hot pink and it was all these colors, all these bright hot pinks. And it was just so good. And I, you know, once it sold, I was happy that it found a home of course, but I still think about that painting because I've never been able to create one like it again. And that's kind of the thing with some of my paintings. It's like, they're all unique and original. And so when someone comes to me for a commission and they say, well, I want one just like that one that you did two years ago. It's like, oh, no, I can't promise you that because that's not how my brain works. I'm not going to, I can't copy something like that was created in a moment. And I can create something with the similar colors and maybe a similar vibe, but it won't look like that. And sometimes that scares people. Um, but Yeah, I do think about some paintings that that got away.
0: (laughs) Could I I make a request? Um, Sure. (laughs) Or ask, I'll just ask a question. You can take it however you want it. Okay, so I just think, do you have pictures? You have pictures of pretty much all your paintings, but have you thought about doing, you know, a postcard book Uh where they're, you know, where people could send them out like in a postcard or a stationery or a coffee table book. Yeah. You know,
1: I have thought about that, not very deeply, but a few people have mentioned that to me, which is interesting that you bring it up too. But a few people have said you should make a coffee table book of your paintings. And I did recently make a book, like a more of a portfolio book of my favorite pieces just to have on file. But it, I kind of mean, we think that it could be a nicer kind of coffee table book. Um, and I do have little postcards like um, that I send out when people purchase and invest in like a big canvas. They get a thank you letter from me. And on one side, it's, you know, a four by six or five by seven like cardstock that has my painting on it. So they can kind of frame that if they want to. But
0: I have thought maybe I could make Oh, this you, you can. Oh, yeah. no, you absolutely can because so many people appreciate the art, but maybe they can't recreate it. And right. you know, the Audubon books where people would love to have an original Audubon, but they can't, they yeah. they can't do that, yeah. but they could go and spend $150 on a really nice book. Yeah. And maybe they take, they take out their favorite pages and frame those. I mean, I don't know if that's, if that's not kosher in the art world, you know, and I don't want to be offensive in any way, but I just think like, how can we make it more attainable Mm -hmm. to where, um, you know, it's not just the upper crust. Totally. It is an investment, but it's so worth it. I mean, you'll keep it forever. You're not going to, it's not, you don't buy, this is not art from Kirkland's where it goes in (laughs) and out of style. I mean, this is. It's original least, legitimate yes. art, but yes. um,
1: no, but a lot of people have approached me and asked me if I'll ever do prints or reproductions. And I've mostly said no, because, um, oh, the it, texture, well, the texture is the main thing, um, to recreate that. It just doesn't come through the same way. Mm-hmm. Although I've recently been turned on to a vendor that can actually, they have some kind of process that they can recreate the texture. So I'm, I'm thinking about it, um, uh, of maybe, if I can find the right vendor doing a very limited run of reproductions. But I also really pride myself, as I said, on these one-of-a-kind works and the people that do invest in them. Like That's what they're paying for, that it's, it's unique and it's one-of-a-kind and someone can't buy something that looks like it. So it's a fine line. I've tried recently to do some more paper pieces that are selling for like 180 to you know 200 205 that are much more accessible they're smaller but it's still an original piece of art and so i'm trying to find ways to you know make stuff that can reach more people while still maintaining the integrity of original art
0: yeah that's the biggest thing is when i was designing hats and i was creating them by hand with no pattern and mm-hmm. just Free flowing, and people would say, "Well, you should get a manufacturer. You should man- mass produce these. Yeah, you should do this." And I completely just said no because for me, it made it so much more special to have something custom handmade exactly. by me. And so I didn't want to cheapen it.
1: Yeah, totally. That's kind of how I feel. So
0: I'm well, I'm exploring options, but no, we'll stick see. to your well, stick to your guns. I think you found a really great avenue, like you said, of doing the smaller paper because that's attainable. And also
1: something else that I'm doing, which I haven't really talked a lot about, but I've partnered with one of my gallery partners, Liza Pruitt, who now has a company doing NFTs. I don't know if you're familiar with NFTs, but they're essentially like digital productions. So there's a limited amount where people can actually purchase like a digital, a digital token of my painting it's hard for me to even describe what an nft is but it's a non-fungible token so it's it's a piece that can live on their computer or on like a you know eventually a screen Um, like like a frame tv yes similar kind of a concept but there's a very limited amount so i do have a few of those available um that you can find if you go to liza pruitt's website and she's got a whole nft company where she's partnering with artists to do this because it's kind of the wave of the future of these digital reproductions um so those sell for a lot less than my original paintings
0: i'm trying to convince my husband to do a frame tv yes and then because then you can buy artwork exactly and rotate it yeah okay i'm gonna switch complete subjects on you and we can go back to art okay. A year ago you had on a red dress that had open armed sleeves on it. Oh yes. A couple years ago when I was pregnant.
1: Yes. A holiday dress. Yes. Where did yes. you get that? That was from Trina Turk. I, I... bought it years ago. It looks and so then good. I just pulled it out when I was pregnant. Cause I thought it would look, I don't know,
0: cute. Oh, it does. It looks, everything looks cute on you, but oh, it you. looks really good on you. And I've I haven't gotten rid of that image I'm like oh, I gotta <laughs> find out where that dress is from that red dress
1: I love reds and pinks like I don't wear them a whole lot but I feel like they make a statement reds and pinks definitely are my colors
0: okay framing do you frame all of your paintings before they ship out or how does yeah I
1: frame about 95 percent of my paintings these days I have just found better that, don't you think they look better they sell better um, they're ready to hang when they get to somebody's house. The person doesn't have to worry about going to, you know, lug it in their car. Maybe it doesn't fit in their car. Then they've got to get it to a framer. And it's just one thing that I take off people's lists. And every now and then people say, oh, I love that piece. But I wish it had, you know, a white frame, not a gold frame. But that hardly ever happens. I, I would say I generally know what looks good. And most mm-hmm. of the time it's a gold frame. Sometimes it's a white frame. I hardly ever do anything else because those two just seem to work well. Um, they don't take away from the art. No, I use very thin float frames that just kind of complement the art. And I have a wonderful, I have two wonderful local custom framers that I work with who are very, I'm very loyal to, and they're very quick and reliable. And so I kind of have the
0: system down. Yeah. I love the, I like the float frames and I was going to ask you what, what was the technical term for them? So you, so because you use a float frame, you don't have to worry about paint on the edge because it's covered.
1: Um, You know, you can kind of see at certain angles if the side of the uh, canvas isn't painted. So in general, I do still paint the sides of the canvas before it goes to framing, just to give it that full, complete look so that there's not like a white side kind of peeking out. Um, That makes sense. Yeah. But if it's a more white, canvas painting, then I don't always have to paint the side. So it kind of is a case-by-case basis.
0: How many paintings of your own do you have in your house? Do you have any? I
1: I do have some. They don't look really anything like what I'm selling today. Um, I have one big blue and tan painting that is not framed, surprisingly, in my living room. And it's very masculine looking, but I did it. I did it as a commission for myself for that space. And then I have a series of like 15 paper collages that hang above this coral couch that I have in my uh, family room. And I don't really sell anything like that either. So I did those kind of custom for the space because I thought that it would look cool. But um, those are kind of the two spots that I have my own work hanging.
0: Speaking of custom, I know some artists, they, they won't take requests and some artists will. What is, how do you feel? And and what is your
1: Requests, requests in terms of um
0: you know if somebody said oh hey Aaron, you know I want you to paint a painting for my living room and I want mm-hmm. you know x y and z colors yeah is that something that you want to do or are you the type of painter a type of artist that just does what you feel and mm-hmm. then people buy So I do both. I definitely do. So what you're talking
1: about, we call in the art world commissions. And I do, I'd say that's at least 40% of my business, 50% of my business. Um, So people do come to me and they say, I need a 48 by 48 painting in my living room. I'm thinking it's got to have blues and greens in it. Here's a picture of my space. And usually I can accommodate. Sometimes people come to me and they don't really know what they want. They say, well, I don't know what size I want. I think I want it to hang here. I I think I want it to kind of look like this other one you did. And so that requires a little bit more hand-holding where we do a FaceTime consultation. Or if they're local in Austin, I go to their house. I bring a tape measure. I measure it, make sure that we we have the right size. Um, But I usually, once we've kind of agreed on the size and the general look, Then I have my client fill out a questionnaire where they answer more specifically, what are the four colors you do want? What are the, you know, are there any that you absolutely don't want in the painting? Send me two to four pieces that I've done in the past that speak to you. And I will try to evoke that same feeling, but they're not going to be copies. And we kind of go through that checklist. And then um, I build in two rounds of revisions. So I get to a point where I think it's done. I show them the piece either on FaceTime or video or photos. Either they approve it right then then and there, and then we get it varnished into framing. Or they might say, well, I love it, but I want more pink in it. Can you add more pink? And then I do that. And there's two rounds of kind of edits that I provide. So, no, I, I do like working on commissions, but I have to balance it with being able to do my own stuff too without any parameters. So it's a mix.
0: I love everything. (laughs) <laughs> I'm. I've, 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 you know I've got so many different artists crushes for different reasons and I just I love your abstracts now you've been getting into florals recently I have and how are how are you doing that how are you feeling how's that going yeah well I haven't
1: um so it started by me kind of wanting to give my mind a break because I've I was kind of I hate to say getting in a rut, but I was like, it's really? almost becoming rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, repeat, where Damn. I love my abstracts. Yeah. But I'm like, I need to kind of explore something else. And I've done that in the past. Like I have a monochrome series where it's mostly one color. I have a textured series where it's mostly all whites and I layer on textures. I have a black and white series. So I've mixed it up in the past, but I hadn't had kind of like a new series in a while. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try to paint flowers. I am not the Bob Ross painter who can paint something very literal. Everything I do is going to have an abstract slant to it. So if I do florals, they're going to look very abstract. They're not going to look perfect. And I just started doing it for fun to give my mind that break and posting them to Instagram and people started going crazy for them. So then I started doing paper, like selling my paper pieces of uh, florals, and they've been selling out. They've been doing so well. And then I'm like, why don't I translate this to big canvases? So I started dabbling and kind of making these florals on really big canvases. And I'm planning to launch those. They haven't, um, I haven't sold them yet, but hopefully we're going to launch those in January. So um, it's been really fun. And I don't know if that'll be like something I continue to do. I guess it'll be based on how people receive them, but,
0: um, but it's been fun. It also depends on how you feel too. As an artist, in order to not feel creatively stale, you do have to evolve and change things up because like you said, it will just be rinse and repeat and then you won't want to continue to do it. So you right. do to exercise your creativity in different ways and it's, and it's lovely. It's beautiful. You can still see all the textures. Yeah. And wonderful colors. Yeah, always been good with paint and paint colors. I mean, not painting as an artist, but have you always been drawn to it in a way? Or as an adult, do you realize something kind of lit a fire you didn't know? And then now, as an adult, it's come full circle in terms of colors or what it do you could mean? be paint or colors. You know, did your did you go to any museums growing up where you noticed? I did go to museums. Uh,
1: my parents were great about
0: taking me to, you know, we went to Europe and we
1: went to museums in Chicago and New York. And I think as a kid, I was just kind of like, this is cool, but I'm kind of bored. (laughs) Like, It wasn't like it was speaking to me at 10 years old. Um, I think that came out more as a child in how I dressed. I was always like a bright and colorful dresser. And Love to get like I remember these crazy shirts that I would wear in elementary school that were very brightly colored and had like <laughs> so embarrassing to think about. They had like lions and like textured like I don't even remember what the name of the brand was called, but they were very bright and obnoxious. Um, and you know, moving into being an adult, that kind of translated into more interior design and me really getting into design and having appreciation for homes and people's art collections in their homes and wallpapers and um textiles and now I'm really into in terms of how I dress block print dressing and like dresses and colorful um you know shirts and dresses and skirts and things like that so i think color's always been at the forefront, I wouldn't say specifically it's been like me being into bright paint or anything like that. Although I think I did paint my room purple as a kid. Now that I'm thinking about it, it had some bright obnoxious color on my walls.
0: Um, so yeah. Well, talking about paint colors, can we go over some of the paint colors in your house? Yes, absolutely. Give Um, me a tour.
1: Okay. Well, I was thinking about this and there's one color that runs kind of as like the base color throughout our house. And it's a really beautiful neutral. And it looks my designer explained to me that it looks good in it's a cool and a warm color at the same time. So it's called Halo by Benjamin Moore.
0: Ooh, and I gotta Google that. It, right it's now. a very
1: creamy white it almost looks taupe but in some lights it looks white and in some it looks more beige I don't even it kind of looks different everywhere it is and I know that she notched it up with like a little bit of dark in it maybe like 25 percent for our um, moldings and our doors so it's like a little bit deeper against the walls where it is um, if that makes sense no it totally makes sense yeah, and then we have a really pretty blue in our kitchen and family room, which is one big space, and it's called Polaris Blue. And it's kind of like a medium, just really punchy, pretty blue. And we used that upstairs in the boys' room, too. And in our, um, when we were redoing this house, we were stripping off really ugly wallpaper in what was going to be our boys room, our older boys that share a room. And after they got like layers and layers of wallpaper and paint off, they discovered shiplap underneath original shiplap and it was beautiful. So we decided to paint the shiplap white and then to do all the trim on the shutter, the plantation shutters and all the moldings in the Polaris blue. And it's the boys bedroom is very like Americana with a big, American flag that I found on eBay and framed and, um, you know, red, um, bed And it's very little boy, but, um, the players blue is up there and downstairs in our kitchen. It's a great blue. And then, um, we have a green, a very like sagey, pretty green in the baby's room. It's called garden path by Benjamin Moore. These are all Benjamin Moore. And, um, it's a really punchy but subtle green. And those are kind of like the main. There's also white dove on some um like some guest bathrooms and and areas in our house, but I would say the halo, the Polaris blue and the garden path are the three main colors and then we've
0: got tons of wallpaper
1: throughout our house. I'm a huge wallpaper person.
0: Can we talk about your dining room wallpaper?
1: Yes. It's um Schumacher Madame de Pompadour by Miles Red, and it's made to look like a hand-painted mural Um, so in the theme of kind of a um, de Gournay kind of paper but it's not hand-painted it's just a wallpaper but it's beautiful and it's I just really wanted our dining room to feel feminine and we actually have this really cool wallpaper that looks like a lacquered paint on the ceiling in that room that's also a sagey green color and it's by philip jeffries i believe and he they make wallpaper that looks like lacquered paint you have to have somebody really skilled at installing this kind of wallpaper because the seams will show if you don't have somebody who's like an expert but it looks so cool on the ceiling and it's much more durable than lacquered paint is what i'm told Yeah, it sounds gorgeous. I didn't realize that it was wallpaper and not yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I really wanted that room to feel very feminine, so it's very pink and green and girly. Um, since I have three boys, I needed at least one space that felt like that.
0: (laughs) Your entry floor is that painted or is it tile?
1: It's hand painted. Um, we had these skilled people who do. Hand painted floors for a living come in for like three days and taped it off and um, painted that by hand. And I, I'm trying to think. I don't have the name of that blue on the floor, but it's a very like kind of light blue and then a cream color. I think they might have used the halo as the neutral accent, and then there's a blue. And it's definitely gotten really chipped up. We've lived here three years and there's a lot of marks. The kids play in there. They drive their Hot Wheels in there and it's crazy. But I'm okay with that because it just adds to the character. We live in a 1940 house and, you know, I knew that having painted floors right there was a big gamble, but from far away, you wouldn't ever notice. But when you start to look up close, there's scuffs and nicks. And again, I think it adds to the patina of the floor and just kind of gives it some character. But, um, but no, it's not tile. It's, it's a hand-painted hardwood.
0: Is it safe to say that you are pro-art on the fireplace or versus pro-TV?
1: Oh, definitely art. <laughs> definitely art. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we don't have a fireplace in our
1: family room. So, you know, I, don't, I didn't really have to make that decision in our family room. We just um, have, like, bookcases and we have a, a TV in the middle, you know, and then in our formal living room, we do have a fireplace, and I have a beautiful painting by Caroline Boykin, who's an artist that everyone should follow, um, hanging there. And it's so beautiful. I love it. I'm obsessed with her her work.
0: And her name is Caroline Boykin? Boykin,
1: B-O-Y-K-I-N. And she's out of North Carolina, and she does pottery, but then she also does painting paintings that she affixes her pottery to. So this is like a painting of these two women's faces, and she framed it in this beautiful gold antique frame, and then she affixed affixed like her pottery to their faces, like on their nose and their eyes,
0: and it's just like it's a three d
1: masterpiece. It's so beautiful
0: okay i'm i'm I need to find a picture of that and look at it because I can't which room is it? Well, it's probably not in any photos you've seen like
1: um when we had our house professionally photographed because I didn't have the piece then so I recently I bought it probably a year and a half ago um Um, but it's on my Instagram like in the background of some some things um but yeah her her work is stunning
0: okay how do you now do you protect your floors when you paint because you have your own art studio so do you put anything down or do you just let paint go wherever and then that's art too
1: A bit of both.
0: So I have a studio out back that's
1: just my space. I don't have to share it with anybody, which I used to at our old house. It was like part art studio, part workout room for my husband. But now it's just my space. And we didn't renovate anything in there when we moved into this house because I knew it was going to get covered in paint. So I do have a drop cloth, but paint is all over the place. It's all over the walls. It's all over the cabinets. And I just kind of let it be what it's going to be because I'm a messy painter.
0: I love that. I love it that you're a messy painter. That makes me feel so good. Yes, so messy. Anytime I mess with paint, it doesn't matter. It goes in my hair and my nose, oh, yeah. my hands. Oh, like... I was at dinner
1: recently, like a week ago with another couple and I lifted my hand up and I had paint all over the back of my elbow. And my friend was like, um, we were at a nice restaurant. She's like, you've got paint all over your arm. Like I, I didn't even know that, but
0: That's so <laughs> it doesn't <cool>. surprise me. <laughs> No, it did not surprise me either. Have you gotten your Christmas uh, uh, pictures made yet this year?
1: We're supposed to get them um, photographed on
0: Saturday. I'm late to the game this year. I've had a lot going on. <laughs> no, no, no. I The reason why I ask is because you're, so on top of it with photography. And so I knew that you're going to have boys dressed in John Johns or <laughs> outfits. Or... I'm kind of cobbling it together this year, to be honest, because next week I'm hosting
1: 21 people for Thanksgiving. So I've had a lot going on. Um, but yes, I'm trying to get the outfits together and it'll come together somehow. It always does.
0: Well, when you decide that you're going to have an opening or there's something big going on in Austin, my friend Jessica and I will drive down to Austin to support you. Well, please. it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm actually in the process right now of planning a show for January 26. Okay, hold on. Um, hold on. Let me put Hold on. I got to put it on my calendar right now. <laughs> Tell my husband I'm going to Austin. Yes. Okay, January twenty sixth.
1: January twenty sixth. It's a Thursday night, and I'm going to be pairing up with another female artist who's here in Austin. Her name's Carmen Crawford, and she does beautiful figurative paintings. And so we are partnering, and we're going to have basically our own art show, and um, more to come. But I'm really excited. I've never done anything like this in Austin, so that is so exciting. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. I'm trying to- Get my head around that too, and get all the the logistics nailed nailed down. But it'll be great.
0: Well, if you you know whatever you need, just let me know. <laughs> we'll come early, and if you need us to be like the Walmart greeters, and, um,
1: and welcome sweet.
0: people, tell people. Oh, okay. Sign in. I don't know. I've never been to an art show. I want to go. Yeah, it'll be great. We'll have wine and champagne. So. It'll oh be- well, then you have. Then I have to go. Yes, January twenty sixth. Yes. I'm putting from five to eight, but I really don't know what time it's it going is. going to be from six to nine. Oh, okay. Six to nine. I'm, see, I'm serious. I'm like, no, I need to put it on my calendar. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're so sweet to share your day with me. Is We need to talk about your social media and your website so people know how to shop. Yes.
1: So um, if you go to com. I have inventory there and I release new work every, I'd say one to two months. So just keep an eye on my website and sign up for my email list where I'm really trying to send out more emails. Now I have a blog on my website where I'm interviewing other female entrepreneurs and tastemakers and actually other female artists too, because I feel like the art community from what I've seen can be a little competitive. So I'm trying to make it more inclusive and just share the love. There's room for everybody. So definitely check out my blog and some other people I've featured. And then um, follow my Instagram at Aaron Donahue Tice Art, where I post lots of updates um, about work coming up as well
0: as where you can buy it and just snippets of my life. I did forget to ask you this. Do you have any advice for somebody that's looking to buy art? I always sure. tell people... You know, it needs to speak to you. You should love it. So when you see yes. something and you're in it, you're like, oh, that speaks to you. That's that's your jam. That's your vibe. And yes. you need to lean into that. So but do you have a better way of telling somebody? Um, like how to. Yeah. Find
1: well, um I wouldn't say I have a better way of telling them technically. I would say the speaking to you thing is the most important thing. I think sometimes we get caught up in, oh, I don't have a wall for that or I don't have like the right space Mm -hmm. exactly. But I say just buy it like that Caroline Boykin place. I had no idea where it was going to go. Honestly, I was like, it's going to live in a guest room for a while because I don't know, but I just love it so much that I have to have it. And then I started messing around with some other stuff I had. And then sure enough, it fit perfectly over my mantle in my living room, even though I had never had that spot in mind. So I feel like if you love it, you will find a place for it, even if it's not right away. And I also think like, if it's out of your budget, don't let that stop you. Like a lot of artists, like I don't want to speak on behalf of other artists or even really say that I do this a lot, but some artists are willing to work with you, like to do a payment plan or to, you know... Like, I was going to
0: say, I'm sure if you really fell in love with the piece, you could, you could come up with a, a layaway plan where they could put so much money down. And they there's can, situations like that. Like you'd be surprised if you reach out to the artist or you reach out to the
1: gallery where there are situations where you can, you know, work out some kind of payment plan, not always, but there are options to do that. Or just start with buying something small from that artist that mm-hmm. is at a, in a more affordable price point And save for the big one um, and with commissions like what I do is I take usually 50% up front and then the balance is due upon receipt but that can take me six months to do a piece or eight months so you're paying for half of it now and then you can save to pay the balance when it's due so just think creatively and um, you know I think uh, again it's just buy what speaks to you and don't buy a hundred pieces at you know, a hundred dollars each save for the one that you really really want
0: yeah I do think it's better to go bigger (laughs) go bigger go home but yeah yeah, and they
1: increase in value a lot of these artists like my work has definitely increased since I started painting and I own work of artists who you know they're now selling their work for three times as much as what I paid for it so look at as an as an investment as well
0: a hundred percent. I watched Antiques Roadshow. I know how that, the art can go up. <laughs> yes. Art is one of those things that's, you know, it's all in the eye of the beholder. So. Oh, is there an artist that you wish you could have met? Mm. That's dead or alive? I guess I should oh. say we alive. Like, is there anybody that you've now, as now because you are an artist, is there anybody that you now have an admiration for that when you were younger, you just didn't appreciate?
1: Um, you know, there's an artist named Joan Mitchell, who is a really amazing abstract artist from like the 50s. And I really love her work. And, you know, she seems like a, kind of a renegade would have been cool to meet her. But again, I'm not one of these like artsy fartsy people who have studied art and know everything about art. I kind of know what I like. And I like discovering more emerging artists that are coming out now. And I've been lucky enough to connect with a lot of them on Instagram and to collect some of their work.
0: So yeah, that's more my jam. Well, I'm going to text you a picture of this piece that I guess it's only has probably two or three layers on, but I started, like I told you earlier, I decided to pick up the paintbrush and put that in my hand instead of putting food in my mouth, because at the time it was, I don't think the pandemic had hit yet but I had hit like my weight limit like I had just hit it and there was a lot going on in my personal life and I was inspired by you I was inspired by your story and how it was therapeutic for you and I thought okay here's a Texas girl you lived in Texas here's a Texas girl this worked for her give it a go and it was very helpful and I really enjoyed it and I was on the verge of having gastric sleeve surgery. So I knew I needed another tool in my toolbox, but I just didn't keep it up. I think the intimidation of self, you know, when you compare yourself to where somebody else is and you don't have any wherewithal to even know the process, because I don't know anything. I only know what I love or what I see. I don't know enough about art to, have a thoughtful conversation about it other than just m- how it moves me so I don't I didn't know about any of the aspects of getting it from A to Z and then I just lost patience I'm like I'm yeah. just gonna save up my money I'm just gonna buy something from Aaron. that's just how that's gonna go You're You're <laughs> I'm, gonna so I'm gonna support the other artists I can't do it myself <laughs> I just can't <laughs> but in hindsight yeah. my daughter is an artist but she draws animals so
1: well art takes many forms. So it's all, it's all creativity. I
0: love it. Thank you so much for joining us here today.
1: Thank you. This was so fun. And thank you for reaching out. And, um, I love the conversation.
0: Well, thank you. We'll
1: have to talk.